beer, 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 bong, 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 beer, bong, 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 beer, bong, 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 beer, beers, bongs, battle axes, beers, bongs, battle axes, beers, bongs, battle axes, beers, bongs, battle axes. Alright. Stardate. Captain's Log. I don't know. We were quickly running out of ideas for the Beers, Bongs, and Battleaxe podcast until a Red Letter Media video came out about two weeks ago where Jay and Mike reviewed the film The Fanatic produced by Redbox Entertainment. <laughs> Produced by Fred Durst and John Travolta. <laughs> Written and directed by Fred Durst. <laughs> and starring John Travolta. So yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Once again, I'm Mike. And I'm Tyler. And if you're listening to this, I'm going to be that kind of whore and not even wait till the end to say... If you're listening, please hit like button and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We're getting desperate here, man. We're reviewing movies produced by Redbox for your entertainment. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, yeah, I saw the same video by Red Letter, and I was just fascinated. I, I That was one of those reviews where I normally watch reviews just to get the gist, and I'm like, eh, I'll pass. This one... I saw it, and the clips, I was like, I have to fucking see this movie. I have to. I don't care how bad it is. And we finally saw it tonight. And boy howdy, was this a fucking roller coaster. (laughs) Shit was awesome. Yeah, uh, so the most brief synopsis I can give about it is John Travolta plays a... uh, Well, the synopsis for it says he's an autistic man, but... There's no PC way around it. John Travolta plays this guy like a straight-up retard. Yes. <laughs> like, the, his performance does not in any way, shape, or form remotely resemble any form of known physical or mental disability the, at, at, <laughs> known to science. The best I can surmise is he fucking went on like a message board full of incels. And just copy-pasted some conversations he saw. Because there's... No. Even in that community, they're not like that. I... Man. How do we... How do we go about this? Uh, <laughs> how do we... I, yeah. Um, because I think this is the, <coughs> this might be the worst slash greatest movie of this year. So... Of the decade, probably. <laughs> oh, yes. Quite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I don't... I don't even know where to begin, because I don't want to give away too many plot details, because there really isn't much of a plot, to be honest. Well, this you movie kind of just shit. This movie just kind of jumps from scene to scene, it though. It is so poorly edited. Look, I'm not a film critic by any fucking means, but even I... Mean, technically, I, you are now. Well, <laughs> I, I never went to... You went to at least fucking school for this shit... I didn't, but even a person like me knows that this film was edited so poorly, and it was so weird. <laughs> it just felt like 
a monkey was in charge of the space bar. I'm <laughs> like, like, every time like, he hit the space bar, it jumped to a new scene. And that's literally fucking what happened in this movie. Like, it was scene to scene. It was crazy. And I loved I'm it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Fred Durst even hired a monkey to write and direct it. Probably his bassist or something. <laughs> I don't know, Limp Biscuit. Biscuit. <laughs> We're talking all kinds of mad shit tonight. Because oh, first of, okay, yeah, first and foremost, Fred Durst, if you don't know and you're listening was the lead singer for a band called Limp Biscuit, which is a very uh, early 2000s, late 90s, what, metal rap I'd band? I'd say they were like a, a two-hit wonder <laughs> new metal band. New metal is a good way because to Because they it, mixed the rap and the rock, and they honestly always sounded like a corn ripoff. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. But with that, you know, Florida white ghetto boy <laughs> sound attached to it as well. That is, yes, fairly specific, uh, but well, yes. I mean, that's... <laughs> no, it works. You hear Fred Durst it talk, works. and you're like, mm, yep, that's Florida man right there. That is the definition of Florida man. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, he directed and he wrote, wrote it, right? and produced. And produced, along with John Travolta producing, as you said in your captain's log. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. God, we haven't even fun- finished the fucking synopsis. We so don't have to. We don't have John to. John Travolta plays <laughs> a mentally handicapped man, supposedly autistic, but he's a potato, who's apparently obsessed with movies, specifically one actor named Hunter Dunbar. Dunbar, yes. Played by Devin Sawa, who looks like he's in the middle stage evolution of going from Devin Sawa to uh, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> the man's unrecognizable now. <laughs> and, yeah, for, so for what Devin Sawa was in uh, such smash hits as Final Destination, the first movie. And, Idle Hands. And Idle Hands. He also played Casper when Casper's a live boy for five seconds at the end of Casper the Friendly Ghost at the in the 90s. The live action Casper, the first one. I, I With Christina Ricci? Yep. He was when, the... He becomes the real boy for like five seconds and they dance together? That's Devin Sawa. Do you remember that or did you Google that? No, I remember that. That's disgusting. I, rem- I remember the movie. <laughs> I did. I, I remember looking up and finding out that that was him uh, around the time Final Destination came out and I was super obsessed with that movie. I see. Which is fair because that movie set the bounds for... Uh, it was one of the most original horror, horror films yeah, of I guess the it was. early 2000s. It really was original, and I still have a soft spot for that movie. But then they kind of just went off They went the off the rails, rails after the third one. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, he was in those movies. And legit, he what what age... He had to have been like in his early... Early 20s. 20s. Now like, the man's in his 40s. I have... I'm 29 years old, and I still look like I did when I was 18. Like, this man should have peaked when he hit those movies, but like you said, he looks so vastly different in this movie, I didn't even know it was him. It's like the difference between a Bulbasaur and a Venusaur. (laughs) Right. He hit level fucking 36, and he just fucking evolved into this man. (laughs) It's like he hit puberty four times in a row. It's crazy. (laughs) So... Anyway, yeah, for the purposes of the movie, John Travolta is specifically obsessed with this character and, uh, yeah, spends the rest of the movie trying to get an Does autograph. Does he specify, though? Is he just, like, an action hero mo- like movie star? Uh, action, horror... Because he kept naming off these movies that were, like... like vampire Hunter Supposed and... to be, like, parodies of actual movies. 
Yeah. But they were all like B grade anyway. So yeah. it really doesn't explain all the awards that are in <laughs> it, Devin Sawa's house not. in that movie. This movie's so fucking off the wall. And uh, from our research after watching this and before we re- started the podcast, uh, apparently. This movie's just one big ego trip for Fed Durst because it's based on a supposed stalker they had back in the Limp Biscuit days. <laughs> Which they probably made up back then. Yeah, right? <laughs> Nobody's gonna stalk Limp Biscuit. If anything, they're just like, hey man, if I start hanging out with them, maybe I'll get to go hang out with corn. <laughs> Alright, okay, so maybe we should do a play by play. I'm not sure, but. The, it from the get go, it is abundantly clear John Travolta is trying to impress somebody. He's trying to go all out for this role. I think because <laughs> this Dread Central article I was reading compared his performance to Dustin Hoffman's in Rain Man, like Which in is terms of quality, asinine. Yeah. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. And I truly do believe, because he produced it and starred, that John Travolta was like, this is my Oscar movie right here. This, like, if I can pull off playing this mentally handicapped person, or mentally disabled, learning disabled, I don't I don't know what the proper term is anymore. It's like, if I can pull this off, I'm going to win an Oscar. It'll be like doing Pulp Fiction all over again. My third resurgence. <laughs> After Battlefield Earth. It is. <laughs> the right. Scientology movie. Right. That's what got him hooked on all this shit to begin with. Wait, was he a Scientologist before that movie happened? Or? I don't know. I would imagine he signed on because he knew. It was an L. Ron Hubbard fucking... It was a novel, right? Yeah. That they based it off of? Yep. 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 That has to be it. Anyway. But it is abundantly clear that he is... It's, he's weirdly dedicated. That's what I kind of lo- really loved about this movie, because he was dedicated. Yeah, it's, it's one of those... <laughs> it's the equivalent of going to, like, your younger brother or your kid's, like, first school play, uh, and you're like, oh, he's terrible, but God bless him, he's trying. <laughs> he's up there having fun, and that's what counts. That is what the audience is, just supporting parents for John Travolta. <laughs> That is exactly what this movie is. Because there are certain scenes where I felt bad for him, and that's not because of how he was acting. It's just because I'm like, this man truly believes... That this is going to win him some award or some shit. (laughs) Exactly. He truly believes he is being... I've perfected my craft. (laughs) It is a roller coaster. Holy shit. And this movie is just so weird in terms of there's not a single likable character in it except for this random black security guard (laughs) who uh, patrols bathrooms on Hollywood Boulevard. Right. And in the middle of the day. Kind of sticks up for John Travolta once. (sighs) And then gives him kudos when John Travolta tries to choke out a street performer. Because the guy keeps bullying him and begging him for drug money. <laughs> Alright, so basic outline being Travolta's an obsessed fan with Hunter Douchebaggery, whatever the fuck his name is. D- Dunbarton or Dunbar- something. Like Dunbar, because he makes his dumb Dummy bar. Shit. Dummy bar. Class A writing right there. And 
he becomes well. He is obsessed with him, and it opens up though they're in that pawn shop, which right off the bat, like a Hollywood top like, tier acting from everyone in this. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> acting like they're on stage and like gotta perform to the rafters so the people Ooh. in the back can see. Uh, exactly. It's like you realize you're on camera, right? And the art of acting on camera is subtlety. Subtlety. <laughs> Say it with me. I was lead singer of Olympus, and I don't know what that is. Keep rolling, or I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, you want me to keep rolling? Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> oh, we're funny. Um, and he buys a leather jacket, which is supposedly a prop. <laughs> a prop. And with as yeah. scummy as the guy running that shop is, I wouldn't be surprised if that was fucking fake as the day is long. I wholeheartedly believe it was fake, but. At the same time, we have to get a little exposition because he's like, how many times have I told you that I'm not going to sell you this? And he's like, I, please, I have $300. That's all I have. And that's all it takes. <laughs> like, I don't know why it's so hard to say no to you. <laughs> Even though I've said it like 10 times before, apparently. But goddamn, we need this movie to keep going along. So take the goddamn jacket. Yeah, uh, this is... Uh, this movie's wild. And uh, apparently... Travolta, who's clearly like a 60-year-old man in this movie because his hair's almost completely white. I would very much like to talk about the haircut. I mean, I haven't known a lot of mentally handicapped people in my life, but I've known a few. And none of them, none of them, have had the monstrosity haircut that John Travolta had in this movie. No, because (laughs) most of the... uh, Actually, probably all of the handicapped people I've ever met in my life... They go to a barber. Yes. Or just like a hair salon and get their hair or done like a normal dedicated human being. family members and people of their lives have cut their hair. And whatever whoever the fuck told Durst or Travolta that, yeah, you look like a fucking retarded person, here you go. That this is this is what they look like. Like it is a like a monk style fucking mullet. <laughs> Can I, uh, I can't even explain this. There's a solid deal. like inch and a half of hair missing between the top of his right. Ear so like a reverse monk. I yeah. think of like Friar Tuck, where he's like got the, the word, brick. Yeah. Right. So he's just got that tuft of hair on his head, followed by a mullet, little rat tail thing. And my God, is it just ridiculous? I'm. It's the most fake haircut I've ever seen in my fake life. Fake and so. I hate to say it, but ham fisted. <laughs> that by golly, just by looking at him, this man's crazy, no? Like they make it so abundantly clear that he's got issues. It's just disgusting. It's like on top of him being a asshole. Like you said, nobody's likable in this movie except the security guard. Even his fucking. Weirdly specific 18-year-old fucking sidekick. Yeah, that's what I was TMZ. getting into before like, we got <laughs> sidetracked. Is he's this 60-year-old man whose best friend seems to be an 18-year-old paparazzi girl who just casually gives this guy who clearly doesn't understand social cues or personal boundaries celebrities' addresses so he can go harass them. Yes. Which is how he gets Devin Sawa's address in the first place. Yes. 
And uh, yeah, it's and she's also the narrator of the film sometimes that, when Fred Durst doesn't know how to write a scene. That might be one of the biggest fucking middle fingers to me, and I don't even know why. But it's like, why does this movie even need fucking narration in the first place? Like, this isn't a period piece. This isn't, like, a biopic. Why is she narrating? Nor is she an (laughs) integral part of the story. No, I think she has, like, maybe five minutes of screen time max. And it's all uninteresting. (laughs) I was more distracted by her big-ass nose ring than I was anything else. fucking stupid. This movie is so all over the place tonally, too, because you legit would think this is a comedy, but he's clearly trying to be serious. And... Man, is it even funnier when that shit happens. Oh, yeah. There's there's some really memorable, cringeworthy scenes throughout this whole thing. I think my favorite is when this guy, with his one-track mind of, I gotta get Hunter Dunbar's autograph, I'm gonna follow him out into the alley and then just casually watch him get in a fight with his ex-wife in front of their son. <laughs> yeah. And then before she's even finished pulling out of the lobby, I'm going to start asking dude for his fucking autograph. And that's again, that's a huge issue I have with this because even his mannerisms were so exaggerated and so off the wall were it's like, I, I truly believe that this man believes that's how autistic people function. I like, Right. It, it was and that's most, what I think he is going for. Like, the Asperger's autistic, that's got to be that vein of mental retardation he's going for. Because... Yeah, but he's... Because he's not full-on, like, talking... Like, you never go full retard. <laughs> he's not full-on, like, oh, thank you, Hunter. You're my best friend. Like, he's not doing that. But I feel like he would do it if he could. (laughs) (sighs) One thing that this movie does have going for it is the fact that nobody treats John Travolta's characters with kid gloves because of his handicap. They all just treat him like a regular fucking guy. Which is Which means they're being fucking assholes to him the whole time. Sure, some people pick on him a little bit. Like yeah. the street performer yeah. and his pickpocket sidekick. Right. But other than that, everybody else is... Yeah, they just treat him like he's a normal guy, even though there's clearly... Like, this is a man who, in reality, with that level of uh, a handicap, would not be able to live on his own, would more than likely have to live with relatives. Right. And this man, what, has a fully furnished house with a fucking movie theater inside of it? It's not like... even a house. It's like the weirdest large apartment... <laughs> Large right. shithole I've seen in inner Los Angeles. It's the greatest studio apartment the world has ever seen. And I can afford a, an HD projector for my wall. Also a little joke because someone mentions, like, you should come watch it on my HD TV. Yeah, like, it's like Fred Durst is stuck in 1912. Like, we got the HD television now. Just threw out uh, the tube TV last week because the tube finally done broke. And look, I... That, back to Tropic Thunder, and we were talking about that, and, like, you never go full retard. Like, I appreciate accurate portrayals of that in movies 
And this just feels like a serious slap in the face for people who are dealing with mental oh, it, issues. Oh, it set people with uh, <laughs> any sort of handicap back like a hundred years. <laughs> years minimum, in an hour and a half. <laughs> oh my god! I, I I don't know how he even went about just studying for this role. I I really don't. I don't think he did. I think he maybe his ego's that like, bit where he just really did, did a lot of drinking, <laughs> took a lot of uppers, so his body's just shaking. He's like, all right, yeah, this, good performance. Oh, I'm my convinced God. that Devin Sawa was held at gunpoint for the entire duration of this film. Yes, yes, and that line specifically. So there's a scene where, oh, well, it's mainly towards the end, and it's not really spoilers because if you see this movie, you either hate yourself or the others around you. <laughs> And he's, and they didn't even show. Like, he's in one scene talking to that chick, and the next scene, Devin's tied up in his bed. They don't even show how he got into the fucking house. And he's just there, tied up. Yeah, because it's a different (laughs) night from when he snuck in and (laughs) used Devin's toothbrush and shit like that. It's like leagues past that. And all of a sudden... Travolta sneaks into his house for the umpteenth fucking time, even though this guy has been like, hey, there's been a creepy guy around my place. Maybe if I should... If you see anything, <laughs> tell me about it. Maybe I should up my security just a little bit. See, like, I can forgive the bad performances and uh, the low quality of the cinematography, because that was a problem I did have with it. Like, it's not shot very interesting. It's not. Is There's so many basic logic flaws to it like this man crosses so many lines and not a single person thinks I need to call the cops on this guy the fact that we're saying the way Travolta portrays him this man has got way too severe of a handicap to be fit to live on his own right right Um, yeah there's just so many egregious like that's in no way shape or form how it would work in real life that make is really the one thing about this movie I do not like. Well, yeah, and maybe I should backtrack a little bit before I get into the whole tied up scene because A, he kills Hunter's fucking maid and leaves her body in yeah, the Yeah, with like a backyard. judo punch to the <laughs> nose. He straight up murders the housekeeper and it's never fucking talked about again. He fucking uppercuts her nose, she falls down dead, and she's in the yard. <laughs> and she's left there for like three days. And three days knows. before him getting tied up even happens. So nobody found the body? Like, that's just, that's not a a miss, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Like a, like a mishap? Like, oh, huh, we forgot. Like, that's just a straight up. That's negligent. <laughs> that is negligent. Like Fred, up, <laughs> Fred Durst was writing, he wrote himself into a corner, he's like, Oh yeah, didn't I? That's uh, the word I was looking for. Didn't I? Didn't I kill her off earlier? That can factor into the end, I guess. Right. Maybe even him just fucking walking outside and going, oh, like, that would have been okay. But it's never talked about again. Like he straight up murders her. He pulls a Lenny from Mice of Men, and it's never addressed. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go inside now. He runs, and fucking Hunter and his son are having a job. Ju- oh. Then there's this part where Hunter wakes. Okay, hold on. Fuck, this is a mess of a movie. And this I'm is a mess of review. It really is. But okay, so John Travolta at first he breaks into the house, starts fiddling with Hunter's shit while Hunter's passed out on a fucking drug and drinking binge, 
and Hunter's passed out in a fucking recliner, Travolta fucking... <laughs> he goes up next to him, takes a selfie at first, and then he fucking kisses him on the fucking forehead. Yeah, like, good night, sweetie. <laughs> fucking covers him up in a blanket, and you're like, all right, this is weird enough, but I get it. No. He falls asleep in the recliner next to him. Yeah, he sits down <laughs> to watch TV and falls asleep <laughs> falls until the next morning. Till the next morning. And then Hunter's alarm is going off, and Travolta wakes up and fucking... Who's that fucking guy from uh, the Wacky Races? Like... Muttley? Nah, Muttley's master. Oh, uh, Like, dastardly. So he fucking slinks away. Yeah. Like, that guy. Like, <laughs> Exit <laughs> stage left. Like, like a cartoon character. And then he wakes up. Hunter wakes up. And it somehow cuts to him and his son in a car. And <laughs> this is where Fred Durst's massive... Erection for himself. (laughs) Devin Sawa just happens to be a really big Limp Biscuit fan in 2019. Here's where the low quality of this movie. Fred Durst couldn't even clear the rights to use one of Limp Biscuit's famous songs. Like, I've heard a decent amount of Limp Biscuit. I'd never heard the song that they start playing on the stereo in that scene. You know, you think they would have gotten like break stuff, did it all for the nookie. Uh, just, nope. Just some B-side that nobody ever heard. He didn't or, even sing. It was just like a guitar solo. Yeah, so instrumental. Like, it was weird. It was really weird. And then they run into Moose. Moose. Moose is John Travolta's character because... No last name. No, no last name. Just fucking Moose. And... I solely believe that he was nicknamed Moose for this one scene. It was back to when he breaks into Hunter's house. He finds a pair of clearly deer antlers, but he puts them on his head and he's yeah, like... not even elk antlers. <laughs> not even elk moose, they're deer. A white-tailed fucking deer. Like, they're so tiny. And he puts them on his head he's like, the moose is in the house! And I solely believe he was written to be Moose for that one joke in this movie. And it's not even a joke, it's just sad. I think I was fucking four bottles deep by that part in the movie. (laughs) One of the most confounding parts of this whole movie is we've discussed how this man has a fully furnished biggest studio apartment we've ever seen in inner city Los Angeles. And what does this guy do for work? He dresses up like a Keystone cop and is a street performer. Like, he doesn't actually have a job. He works for Strangers (laughs) Tips. (laughs) He... Oh my goodness. Yes, this man is living off like $2 a night in a studio in California. First of all, nailed it. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Second of all, he's competing with a frat version of fucking Chris Angel Mind Freak. <laughs> so, oh my god. And that's when the dedication, I think, comes through, honestly, with Travolta. And Poppy Claus. To be a mentally handicapped person trying to be a British person, that might be the greatest performance I've ever seen in my life. It's the equivalent of I saw this one, uh, this interview with Hank Azaria. Yeah, he was talking about what made Mel Blanc so great was that he literally had the ability to do 
Daffy Duck doing a Bugs Bunny impersonation and Bugs Bunny doing a Daffy Duck impersonation. Right. Which is right. one of the hardest things to do in the entire world. Right. Is to make one of your characters sound like he's doing an impression, impression of, of one of your other. Yes. So, but Mel playing Blanc this... Was a man, A, and B, continue. But yeah, just... Kudos to Travolta for trying that. Like, I'm going to play a mentally handicapped man. I'm speaking different than I normally would. I'm acting completely different. I'm going to try and keep that speech pattern while also faking a bit of shock, shite. Yes. And yes. it sounds horrible like it should, it sh- but yes. the level of commitment to do that. Throughout the whole movie, I'm not dogging Travolta's He spends more time in that suit than he does terrorizing Devin Sawa in this movie. Yeah, and does. This- this is considered a horror. I would call it a mild thriller at best. Mild, like in the terms of <laughs> like Tabasco versus I don't know the last dab like the from last dab or the bomb. Like Jesus Christ, this is. And again, I I the level of dedication from Travolta. I I don't know where he's coming from. But it's, I feel like it's genuine. Either and from gunpoint or a place of desperation. Like, I gotta I, make a movie. I don't think it's gunpoint. Everybody else involved in the movie, yes. 100%. I feel <laughs> like, like Durst just took them all hostage. I really do feel like someone was going to die if they didn't say their lines. But Travolta came from a place of genuine genuineness and... If, what what other movie? Because he hasn't really done a role like that, has he? No, not really. And he might have been about thirty years too late. Because yeah, maybe in his heyday, if he tried it, yeah, if when he was that. still trying to be a good actor, yeah. <laughs> but weirdly enough, I think the best movie I've seen him in was Face Off, and I. It was He's him not pretending even... to be Nick Cage, which I thought was fucking phenomenal. But, but Nick Cage uh, stole the show in that <laughs> he movie. Did. He really did, because it was Nick Cage, Nick Cage, Nick Cage pretending to be John Travolta. Like that, I fucking love Face Off. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but that's, that's a great I little nineties action Face film. Off. Makes no goddamn sense. It doesn't doesn't have to. That was the nineties, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're all still hungover from all the cocaine of the eighties. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. But this one and who else was in it? Because there's that girl who was a sidekick. Fuck it, maybe they was just stuck to those three that entire time. And the shop owner, but he's literally in like two scenes. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like throughout, it was just him, Hunter, and Laura or something. Laura, yeah. Lori, I don't know. And all right, so I guess we can now cut back to when Travolta has him tied up, and it sort of comes down to mind games, I guess. Devin Sawa just starts acting. He acts his way out of a hostage situation. Right. He appeases to Moose's um, uh, expectations, I guess. That they were going to be best friends if they ever met. Yeah. And it... (laughs) Well, I thought it was weird... Because, what was that fucking, what scene weirded me out the most? And I don't want to try and rip off Red Letter, but they did bring up a a point that I noticed in the, oh, it was when he reaches for the gun. 
they mentioned some like you don't even see it like there's not even a quick shot of the gun there. Oh, like, set the it up. Dude really just reaches up, Re- out reaches out her frame. Was like, oh, look, I got a gun. And he tricks Travolta <laughs> into untying one of his arms, and he's like, yeah, buddy, yeah. Well, he's untying his other one. He's like, yeah, just singing that sweet, sweet song to John Travolta, and then he just all of a sudden goes whoop. <laughs> He headbutts him first. Oh, he headbutts. Whoop, bam! And he just reaches into the abyss, pulls out a fucking lever-action rifle. It's not even a fucking shotgun. It is a fucking cowboy. I want to know what deluxe edition of Red Dead 2 he bought. The best. (laughs) That's the one only the Rockstar employees got. This is the gun that killed Arthur Morgan, right? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, why did you have to bring that up? I'm still not There's over like that. There's like 20 different endings of that game, so... <laughs> but they all involve him dying. Damn it, you're right. Because he wasn't going to make it to the first game. Listen, listen. We all love John, but Arthur's where it's at. Team Arthur. Yeah, Arthur anyway, Morgan for the win. A dude, very conflicted really, man. He was a conflicted man. Was, John's just a fucking idiot who got <laughs> lucky. He lucked his way through 20 extra years of life. Save it for our Red Dead podcast. No, Coming in 2021. <laughs> after Red Dead 3 comes out. No, after I beat the entirety of Red Dead 2. I'll just anyway, have to let you bomb my PlayStation. Anyway, he pulls out this fucking... Fucking short-barreled fucking Lemming, lever-action rifle. Remington rifle. And he fucking... Okay, here's the thing. He's got John Travolta on the ground. Point blank range. Point fucking blank. And he fucking manages to blow off... Like four fingers four on his fingers, hand. Four fingers. Both of his ears. Pristine shots. No, he like, didn't shoot the ears. He shot by the ears. Because you could see bullet holes popping up in the carpet, carpet like six inches from either uh, side of his hand. You know what? You're right. Because even at the end scene, it was only just his hand that was wrapped. I don't know why I thought... Okay. That makes... Uh, it doesn't make any sense, but... He was trying to scare him. He wasn't trying to kill him. Which is bullshit. Oh, yeah. If somebody had me tied up in my own house and I got a gun, dude's fucking dead. That's when you have a no. fucking lapse in humanity is when, you know, you blow off this fucking serial killer's hand and you're like, maybe I am the bad guy in this situation. And he's got the pristine fucking shots to shoot... Okay, now that makes it even worse. So he can shoot... By both ears, but he can't go for the fucking dome or heart, like... Yeah, just put one right through his sternum. <laughs> this movie's a trip, man. None it of it really makes much sense anyway. It out the window. The ending makes absolutely no sense, no. which you're just, we're not going to talk about the the last couple scenes of the movie. Well, you you just to. have to go see it for yourself, because yeah. it ends on such a... Where's the logic in all of it? There's no logic in it. It is such a... It really is, like, a Fred Durst fucking ego fantasy. Like, because you said it was based off... Apparently, it apparently was based it was off based of off. a Limp Biscuit stalker from back in their day, but... And he took it to the extreme of, like, yeah. this is what, what this, this guy could have been. What if this guy had taken it all the way? Jesus Christ. <laughs> this was... Fred Durst living out of fucking I fantasy. wish somebody would have stalked me this hard. Oh, I man. wish we could have gotten this famous instead of living in Corn Shadow for all, like, three years we were a band. I'm sorry, I just, I... You sound a little salty. I don't like Limp Biscuit. I think Fred Durst is a garbage, garbage lead singer slash rapper. Except for when he dropkicked that dude on stage. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty dope. <laughs> But yeah, this this is just, I I I would recommend it. 
gotta recommend this movie because no, it this is, is genuinely one of the weirdest films I've ever seen. I will put this as the new age room. Like, this is Tommy Wiseau's fucking wet dream is what this movie is. I can see Tommy Wiseau, Wiseau like, stand yeah, uh, standing up in the theater going, this is art, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Did you make this movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The, no, it is fucking crazy. It's a Saturday morning cartoon turned into an hour and a half long Horror movie, air quotes. I would not even classify that remotely. Like, I was laughing the whole fucking time. Yeah. If you say otherwise, you need to get checked out, because you have John Travolta syndrome. Yeah, if you... Whatever the hell he had in that movie. (laughs) If you think this is an actual horror movie, you've been living in, like, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood for your entire life and don't know horror. I've seen a Serbian film. Ah, there it is. <laughs> hey, we got a whole 36 minutes into the podcast before I brought it up. Oh, fuck. I... I just... This is one of the... Like, I don't know why it gets me fired up, this movie did, but it did because I'm like, there's so many fucking artists out there who are just... Desperately clawing at the teat of Hollywood to get their movie financed. Yeah, to get their foot and in the motherfucking door. Fred Durst puts out this turd. <laughs> it, it's literally like a film made by somebody who's never watched movies, right? Never had an interest in making movies. He just got bored one day, and then somebody fucking financed it. And apparently, whoever did finance, like, hey, I know this guy. He's like, well, who's the guy? Well, he prefers not to be named. And he comes on the set, and it's fucking John Travolta. I, I, the only reason I think John Travolta was involved is I think him and Fred have the same masseuse. <laughs> Sorry, just a, Got little, him. just a little John Travolta sexual You've assault. You've just been ham-fisting. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Now that sounds like we're getting into some kinky territory. <laughs> Don't, we'll summon John Travolta. <laughs> we should go before things get worse. It's going to get real bad here. I don't know what else to say about this movie. The acting was poor on every front. And even worse than the acting was it's, the straight up editing. Like and, it was just And the so story bad. itself's just nonsensical to a fault. The scenes are all over the place and again, shout out to Red Letter Media because Thank you for introducing us to this film. Yeah. I would have never heard of it. If you get the chance, watch their review on it, because that was just stellar. And they're much more succinct than we are, but <laughs> damn it, we've been drinking and we like We've been to do drinking this. and we're late in the game because I honest I if I would have paid money to see this in theaters, I probably would have slapped someone in the face. <laughs> oh, somebody <laughs> at the TV counter was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you suck? Like, I would like to speak to your manager. My assistant manager? No, the store manager. The st- How dare you carry such a film in your theater? Because it is just... It's a good time. Me and you had a great fucking time. I have not I laughed that hard watching it. Like, unfortunately, I need more movies like this in my life since they don't make regular comedies anymore. I need to get my chuckles somewhere. Right. No, this, this is crazy. I can't... Man. If you paid... If you're one of the people that funded this movie to be, or that got this movie to be like three thousand dollars in the theater, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the ultimate hilarity of this movie. This movie you said had a twenty-three million dollar budget. Twenty million dollar budget, yeah. Three thousand dollar box office. 
That's disgusting. But that also doesn't take into account like how much they make off of Amazon rentals or I don't know if it's on Netflix or Hulu or anything like or that. Or after that fucking review that those guys did. Like that that movie's probably making a profit. It's gonna be a somewhere. classic somewhere. Someday. Mm-hmm. It will be because this it really is the room. It it is the new I don't know room. if they do the Razzies anymore, but this'll be up this year if they do. Oh, that is a good Do they do the Razzies anymore? I don't know. Oh, I don't. I, I would assume they do, but you know, it's not. It doesn't get the coverage that the Oscars do. Well, have they ever? Or no, <laughs> I only know the Razzies about because of Catwoman and like Wikipedia and shit. Well, like and Halle that. Berry manning up and just accepting her Razzies, which right. I thought was boss. What a boss move! Yeah, but uh, um, the fanatic is a from dumbass Redbox. fucking movie <laughs> from Redbox Entertainment, which is apparently a thing. It was made this year. <laughs> Got to compete with that Netflix money. For once, we're not, like, behind the times. Like, this movie's only been out for, like, a month or so. On, yeah. On, on Redbox or, and digital. Yeah, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But we, this one we had to do. Like, ooh. I, I, every fiber of my being wanted to see this movie, and it's everything I wanted yeah, it to be. I don't regret it. <laughs> I hate it, but I don't regret it. I, I only hate it, like I said, solely for the fact I'm like, who the fuck... Looked at Fred Durst in the eye and I was like, wanna, I will finance your movie. I just <laughs> want to know what kind of bath salts he was taking to write this fucking script. It's like he did a, a single draft in crayon, turned it in, and his backers were like, all right, fuck it, let's get to work. It's like he saw the Green Mile once while on an acid trip and I'm was like, boss. <laughs> I can do this. Oh, oh Anyway. Um, any other business to discuss before we go? Business? Just anything you want to talk about before we go? I don't know. What are we? What are we sitting at here? Well, I mean, earlier today I had the privilege of going to the Cartman's Escape Room, the nationally in select cities, officially licensed Comedy Central South Park Escape Room with original animation and story and voiceover work by Matt and Trey, the creators of South Park, and it was a fantastic time. It was. Uh, it's challenging. Uh, it was super high quality, like production value, and uh, yeah, we managed to get out with less than a second left on the clock. So we had a buzzer beater victory in Game Seven of the Escape Room Finals. It was a great time. If you've got uh, the South Park Escape Room in your town, check it out. It's it's worth your money. I was watching the LSU versus Ohio State game. But sure, yours is cooler. How was that game? <laughs> it was a really good game. I'm not going to lie. LSU. It was, Louisiana it was close, State. Though. Yeah, it was close. That was a good fucking game. God bless them crawdad-eating folk. I really, I, man, I really didn't know that it was a South Park thing. And I didn't know that it was a licensed thing. Like, Matt and Trey actually were involved. involved. In it. Yeah. That's crazy. It's fucking great. That's fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, that's just cool as shit. It's got a nice butters gag in there. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got, man. All right, yeah, so uh, once again, we did it at the beginning of the show. We'll do it at the end. If you stuck around through the entire podcast and you enjoyed what you heard, you didn't enjoy what you heard, uh, hit that like button or hit that thumbs down button. Subscribe for the love of God, please. <laughs> we're down to having to eat our shoes because we're not making any All right, money. and I'm going to add one more because I feel like we don't have enough audience interaction. Um, 
Leave us some comments. Leave a comment, the or if there's an off-the-wall fucking batshit crazy movie you want us to fucking talk about, please please tell us what you want to yes. see. Feed us some more content I'm ideas. I'm always down for this shit. I love talking about bullshit movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a so, hoot and a holler. I mean, the internet's one thing, but yeah, if anybody wants to leave any recommendations, please do, because... Hit them comments. Hit the comments now. Tell us that we're fucking idiots. I don't care. That's yeah, even if you're <laughs> leaving a comment telling us that we should quit this, go back to being fucking miserable nobodies in the abysmal land of the real world, okay. we're fucking here for it. I guess I'll go then. <laughs> that was, oh, my bones. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going anywhere, oh, you old bastard. Oh, that was my ankle. <laughs> I can't even make a joke anymore without dying. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I love doing this shit. So I do too. So yeah, that's our beers, bongs, battle axes for this week. We uh, hope we'll see you next time. And uh, thanks for visiting Ham Fist Entertainment, there, Chief. Fucking cheers, best podcast in the business. Hell yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye.